Welcome to the Creative Bubble, where you can experience the transformative power of creativity with the Bayless Brothers in our weekly show that explores the intersection of mindfulness and the art of filmmaking, featuring creative conversations to enhance your craft and nurture your inner filmmaker. The program starts now. Here we are again. Hi. Welcome to the Creative Bubble. I'm Ryan Bayless. For the first decade of my filmmaking career, a majority of my films were improvised, based on an outline. What that means is, I had a story, I had an idea of the scenes that might exist in that story, the places, the people. But the actors improvised their dialogue. They made up their words as they went along. I find this kind of funny. Sometimes people say, I'm not good at improv. And I think, what do you mean? You're literally doing it right now. We're improvising all the time. And it's that level of authenticity and pursuit of real life moments that I was looking for. I would typically shoot and edit as I went along, sometimes inventing entire storylines deep into the process. Not entirely unlike a documentary film, but with a clear line in the sand. These are fictional works. The reason for this was simple. I could get to work without banging my head against a metaphorical typewriter. I also felt like working with friends, I could use improv to create more authentic moments and scenes that felt deeply rooted in reality instead of the single voice that exists inside of my head. It made room for lots of voices, personal stories, and an appropriate amount of uhs and ums. I love working this way. I I still do. But in the last few years, I've rediscovered the power of a screenplay in a way that I hadn't really felt before. And now it helps to not only give my stories a framework, but offers the production a blueprint in which things can actually be planned more efficiently, which means I can actually get more done. And I believe in being prolific way more than I believe in being perfect. And quantity over quality will yield more interesting results. That's me. Digging into the artistic pursuit from the perspective that most of where I land will be a matter of a well-executed mistake. A series of planned happy accidents and organized chaos. I live in the gray areas of ideas, letting waves of inspiration carve out their own ridges until the sand reveals a very organized pattern. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm more of a journey, not the destination type of person. And I feel deeply that is a part of the fabric of my artistic life. Equally, I have let a piece of advice be a North Star for me for a long time. And that is, no one sees your process, only your results. At first, these might seem like competing ideas, but I believe they work in tandem with one another. Process is all about discovery and being able to articulate those discoveries. That leads to my results. I'm open to finding my way through the darkness with even just an ember of fire to light the way. If I zigzag my way back to where I started, that territory becomes more familiar the next time. I make a move, and the questions I have about where I'm going become more 
layered, and detailed. In the summer of 2014, I found myself traveling to the West Coast, first to San Francisco, and then on to Los Angeles, to support the festival run for a film called What It Was, which was written and directed by my dear, dear friend, Daniel Armando. I had the great pleasure of serving as director of photography for that film. This was Daniel's first film, actually, heavily scripted and then completely restructured in the edit. I'd also say it was reimagined in the edit as well, but frankly, I think Danny had a true vision all along that no one could really see or that he couldn't even really articulate until we were editing. Though Danny had acted in my projects over the years, this was our first film together as director and DP, and we both were chasing Terrence Malick vibes. I'm not going to lie about that. We were obsessed. We shot everything to be layered in as poetically as possible, and we moved the camera around in a way that felt like it was always in pursuit of some organic truth and could discover something at any moment. The script was poetic, and at times, I'll be honest, even hard for me to follow. But the edit was where it got interesting. Danny had built on these scenes and these moments to be visually layered over one another, and occasionally into these poetic, elevated loops, offering visual B-stories on top of simple executions of an exchange between characters that moved our story forward. It became about the emotional narrative and how those visuals would provoke an emotion within you. Additionally, the film existed in two distinct timelines that would overlap, creating a kaleidoscopic character study that truly became an art house darling in the LGBTQ film circuit. And for a summer, we got to tell the naysayers, look, we're on to something here. The audience loved the film. It's a scripted film with an improvised visual approach that found its way in the edit, and even years later, I've wrestled with the meaning of the film and continue to get more and more out of the type of storytelling that I think only now Danny could truly have done. In a way, the film reveals itself at a subconscious level and almost needs to be viewed kind of like a dream. In anticipation of showing the film in San Francisco, I pitched Danny an idea for another film I had, which eventually became Love Me Anyway. I wanted to take advantage of our upcoming travel to the West Coast and was looking for a reason to stay in Los Angeles during the few weeks gap that we had between Frameline Film Festival and Outfest. The film was loosely outlined as a character study about a gay filmmaker, played by Danny, who goes to visit his estranged brother, played by filmmaker Edgar Munez, in Los Angeles, with a subplot about a failing marriage, starring Dee Herlihy and Melissa Navia. I shot some ideas over to Danny, who then turned around an outline, actually, which became the framework to get started. If you read the outline now, you'll see that we went in several different directions away from it, but that thematically, I think we really stayed the course. I approach an improvised film like a puzzle, working on the frame on the outside first before the more intricate center pieces. I shot some solo character study scenes with Danny in New York before we did anything else, just to give us a sense of the character at home. This actually ended up being a nice button at the end of the film. We shot more private moments in San Francisco, which helped lay out our visual style and reveal to us this sort of magical but lonely private life of a traveling filmmaker. This became part of the beginning of the film. And then, L.A. 
Los Angeles, Hollywood. This became the bread and butter of our story. Since the film was going to be improvised, I started with the resources I knew we had. Actors, locations, etc. We rented two rooms at the, well, it was new at the time, the Line Hotel, which would serve as our production headquarters and, honestly, a very beautiful location that I guess we technically stole for a B-story. We shot the rest of the film at an apartment in West Hollywood and some great, beautiful ocean footage at Seal Beach in Orange County. My friend and fellow filmmaker, Edgar Munez, played Danny's brother in the film. And it truly feels like they bonded for life almost immediately. Eddie has a similar approach to filmmaking like I do, often starting a project just with a simple idea or whim or notion uh, in pursuit of wisdom or maybe just even a feeling he's trying to work out. His highly improvised work feels intellectually explored and really articulate, almost as if he's cut his story out with a razor. He brought a level of neurosis and wild energy to Love Me Anyway that was just such a joy to try and capture. I mean, honestly, he's a filmmaking hero to me, and being able to see him live in one of my films was just such a tremendous pleasure. Eddie suggested this actor friend whom I had seen in some of Eddie's movies, Brian Randalls, to play our dreamy surfer and Danny's love interest. Brian was sort of the wild card in the film. I didn't know him personally, but I knew that he had worked in Eddie's films and understood the process of making an improvised, independent, really no-budget feature film. I also think he thought maybe he'd get some cool surfing footage out of the gig. And what happened instead was he found a film family that he could connect with. And frankly, he has become one of my dearest friends. We love each other. And I had the great pleasure of actually shooting his very first feature film, Runner, a few years later. Brian brought something to the film that I hadn't expected. Fear. He was a little bit nervous about doing these scenes with Danny where they had to take their shirts off and sort of flirt with one another. And he wrote me the night before, and I'm going to say this story because I actually think it's important, and said, hey, I'm a little green. I'm a little bit nervous about this. Do you have any other storylines in mind? And I said, listen, brother, just trust me. The scene is important to this story, and I think you're going to be great, and I'll make sure that you feel safe and comfortable. Now, the scene involved Deirdre holding up her iPhone and filming Danny and Brian as if they're auditioning for one of Danny's films. And halfway through, given permission to do this, really, Brian said, I, I, I don't know, can we just stop for a second? And he meant it. He meant it truly. Like, he was just sort of uncomfortable. We're in this hotel room. He doesn't really know us. He doesn't entirely know what's going on. And he just asked us to take a beat. And we talked. And we did another take. And it was great. We laughed about it. It was funny to watch him squirm a little. And you know what? We used the original take. With his blessing. Because that fear... And that level of uncertainty was real. It was something that we were chasing. Hey, if this scene makes you feel uncomfortable or you're not entirely sure about your feelings, 
Say it. Say it. And it played so well to the character that we were building. It's this character who doesn't entirely know who he is yet, who's trying to navigate his way through this sudden, unexpected new love. I think what Brian brought to that table and to that scene is humility. He had the ability to speak up and say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing here, and it scares me. So I think that kind of thing is what makes him such a great artist. Now, to round out the cast, we had our two actresses. My former partner and creative collaborator, Dee Herlihy, and Melissa Navia of, well now, Star Trek fame. Dee was along for the ride the whole time. She was traveling the festival circuit with us, and she understood perfectly what we needed to create some fun drama and a poignant subplot to the film. She was also helping produce and put the pieces together. She's a great sounding board for ideas and an even better actress, rooting everything she does in this authentic whimsy that elevates every scene she's in. I've long said, if she was too quiet and you don't understand the work in that moment, then go and watch the scene on playback and you'll discover she's created a whole world in her performance. She's subtle, but she's real and she adds layer to her performances. Improvised or scripted, she makes sure that she's got something to say and that you feel something when you witness it. We met Melissa when we auditioned and eventually cast her in Danny's movie What It Was. She came on every day of that set, prepared, knew her lines, and just rooted her performance in something that felt real to us and something, honestly, we didn't expect. She was almost cast against type, and it was great, and she felt like a discovery. It was so great to make that film with her, and I was just eager to make another. I knew that this movie, Love Me Anyway, was going to be improvised, it was loose, we had no budget, but she was going to be in Los Angeles because she was coming to support the film at Outfest, and I just asked her, hey, can you come shoot a day with us? I don't entirely know what it's going to be. These are kind of the ideas we have. She said, yeah, of course. And it led to a handful of just amazing scenes that served as this juicy subplot that gave the film a deeper layer of mystique. I honestly thought she was just going to appear in the film briefly. And instead, it's just this vital storyline that really becomes the heartbeat of this whole movie. I didn't know that was going to happen, but we had one day to shoot with her, and we discovered it. I later worked with both Dee and Melissa on my film Hymns, which was heavily scripted, and they both brought that same level of authenticity and raw energy to that film. It was just great to see the way that they worked, both improvise and scripted. The process was simple. Listen, be present, pursue the moment. Now I'm here to talk about improvisation and screenwriting and the way that I sort of use both to make films. But I wanted to lay out the talent for Love Me Anyway in the way that I did because it was their voices and their personal stories and their moment-to-moment impulses that ultimately informed and drove the narrative. Our outline was good, and we shot the best parts. 
But the reality is, it's also what got us in the room. And what we discovered from there, that was fully improvised. I feel like a script serves much of the same objective. It gets you into the room. I once heard it described as an invitation to collaborate. And that idea alone has shaped the way that I write now. Shooting what it was also informed the way that I work. We had this beautiful poetic script. It shaped the way the production was scheduled. But scene to scene, moment to moment, the visual language was improvised. We were chasing something beautiful. And that, my friends, is a pursuit of the unknown worth taking. Okay, that's what I'm going to leave you for now. I hope I gave you some things to think about. And in part two, I'm going to dive deeper into my writing process, why I think screenplays are still super important, and how I use improvisation to build a film from the ground up. I'm Ryan Bayless. Thanks for listening to The Creative Bubble. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Creative Bubble. We hope that you will consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. Remember, it's a conversation, and the show is impossible without you. Thanks for listening.